0: So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. On episode 62 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast, we talked to longtime hockey PA announcer and radio show host, John Bolio, Known to pretty much everyone as B-Man, as we rock on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Also in this edition, scores, scores, scores! High school football, college football, NFL. If it's local in Cincinnati and Dayton, it's on here. Welcome to the Gem on the Queen's Crown. A podcast talking local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit theleewmowan.com slash podcasts for every available platform. Opening theme from Music Radio Creative. And now for our host, Lee W. Mawen. Here's to the start of another successful week. And thanks for joining me here on the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you on episode 62, and we record the interview, B-Man and I, from the WTUE studios in beautiful downtown Dayton, Ohio, in the Oregon District. Before we get to the interview, first, it's time for Local Sunday Sports Scores. Week four in the books, can you believe it? This upcoming week, we're halfway through the season. And this is the point in Ohio high school football where the computer points are issued officially. This is where the teams look and say, hey, we can still make the playoffs. And you think about, you know, finish your games. You root for the other teams to win. So you get more points and then playoffs. I can't believe it. Week five is this upcoming Friday. I, yeah, it's amazing how quick high school football season goes in Ohio, but. Like I promised, scores. We'll start off with the Thursday game. Northmont took care of business and handed Vandalia Butler a 43-16 loss on local television, which is ABC 22 and Fox 45. I think it's 45.2. If you like to watch them on episode 58, I give you the instructions on how to. But Northmont, a big win, very successful season for the Thunderbolts so far, taking care of business against fellow G Walk member Vandalia Butler. Now to the Friday games. I tweeted, which you can follow me at the Lee W Malin if you so choose, I tweeted that there was like ten overtime scores. I counted and I think there's six. But still, you don't see that many overtime scores just rash out like that. That's it was crazy. And the first score I'm going to bring up to you is an overtime score, and it's also Channel 2's Operation Football Game of the Week. In West Alexandria, Twin Valley South defeats National Trail in the battle of Northwest versus East Central Preble County. By a 26-20 margin, Panthers defeat the Blazers. In OT, you have Covington and the Buccaneers handing Tri-County North a 45-8 loss. Brookville keeps Eaton winless with a 48-14 Blue Devils win. Middletown Madison, the Mohawks keep a-rolling. They take down Preble Shawnee in the Battle of State Route 122, 48-14. Miamisburg and the Vikings, 4-0, and this is a major muscle emoji win. Vikings 30, Wayne Warriors 13 in Ohio's Star City. Big win for Miamisburg. Valley View gets on track, defeating Oakwood on the road, 31-7. Spartans over the Lumberjacks. Dixie edges out Carlisle, 22-21. I have to thank Danny Jewett on Twitter for giving me that score. That was a very, very good game. First game in the Southwestern Buckeye League, Buckeye Division for both the Greyhounds and the Indians of the season. Browbrook keeps rolling along. The Golden Eagles find themselves 4-0 with a 49-6 win against the Waynesville Spartans. Clinton Massey takes care of Miami Trace. Falcons win 54-0, and that's also 62 straight wins versus the Old South Central Ohio League for Clinton Massey. Falcons always have such a strong team. It's very impressive to see what Clinton Massey does year in, year out. Lebanon 41, Beaver Creek 10. The Warriors take care of the Beavers. Franklin edges Monroe 24-3. Wildcats pick up their first W on the year by taking down the Hornets. Springfield 4-0 as well. Wildcats 49, Centerville Elk 6. And that drops Centerville to 0-4 for the first time since 1970. Very, very long time that the Elks have started 0-4 on the year. Very young herd of Elks. They'll be successful in the upcoming seasons, but you sometimes have to take your lumps, and the Elks are 0-4 to start off 2018. Troy has no problem with the Stubbins Indians, 62-0 Trojans win, St. Francis of Sales handles Dayton Belmont 50-6, to Milford 42, Walnut Hills 21, Eagles win, Kings Knights take care of the Anderson Redskins 35-14, Turpin edges out the Wolves of West Claremont 19-16, Alter handles Roger Bacon, Knights win 49-14 to over the Spartans, Loveland with a 24 nothing shutout win over with throw in the time. Tigers, Chaminade Julian 38, Purcell Marion 0. That game is on Gem City Sports Network. Mississinawa Valley takes care of the Patriots at Tri-Village 44-28. McLean 28, East Clinton 3. Colerain 44, Middletown 3. The Middies were looking forward to this game. The last time Colrain lost in Greater Miami Conference play was back in 2008, and it was against the Middletown Middies, Cardinals have their way with the middies 44-3 coleraine on a roll xenia 35 greenville zero belfountain 42 gram 6 fort Loramie edges out miami east by two touchdowns and two extra points 21 to 7 arcanum handles the railroaders of bradford trojans win 48 7 and sonia tigers claw the bethel bees 28 19 little miami 41 mount healthy zero New Richmond Lions take down Oxford Talawanda 34 3. Muller takes down Lafayette out of Lexington, Kentucky 39 0. Shutout win for the Crusaders. Fenwick Falcons 21. Hamilton Baden 9. Tippecanoe Red Devils 56. West Carrollton Pirates 26. Cincinnati Country Day 20. Lachlan Panthers 9. Riverside edges out Elgin. Might be Elgin. If I'm wrong, yell at me at the normal address. Twitter at the Lee W. Riverside wins 48-44. Kenton 15. Wapakoneta 10. Fairfield 37. Lakota West 3. And Princeton defeats Lakota East 30 to 28, and a last-second hail mary wins it for the Princeton Vikings. Very good win for Princeton, a two-pointer over Lakota East. Springfield Shawnee, 49. Indian Lake, 21. Tecumseh takes down Northwestern, thirty four fourteen. That's a battle. I believe that's State Route 41 coming out of Upper Valley. Yeah, I know my way around. Actually, Tecumseh's on 40. Never mind. It's a battle of Clark County. Marion Local, 53. Delpho St. John, 7. Flyers with a big win. Winton Woods, 59. Thurgood Marshall, 6. Dunbar takes care of Ponets Tech. In a Dayton Battle, 42-33. Green in 51, Triad 42. Western Hills, 19. Aiken, 0. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy handles Holy Cross, 56-6. Ketten Ridge, 24. Urbana, 20. It's the Cougars edging out the hill climbers. Claremont Northeastern, 17. St. Bernard Elmwood Place, 14. Edgewood with a crushing 50-13 win over the Northwest Knights. Mechanicsburg, 7. Greenview, 0. Salina 50, Lima Bath 14, Lucas 34, Troy Christian 28, LaSalle takes down Scott County, Kentucky, the same Scott County Cardinals that took down Moeller a week ago, by a 37-7 margin. It's Trotwood, Madison 41, Sydney 7, the Rams getting back on the winning track, Wilmington 35, Blanchester 26, Indianapolis Cathedral takes down St. Xavier in overtime, 2014, 14 I promise you there's a lot of overtime scores, and I mentioned I think there's like six, but there are some overtime scores. Not on Saturday, however. Milton Union takes care of the Polar Bears of Northridge. Bulldogs win 26-6. to Piqua Indians 29, Fairborn Skyhawks 14. Bactavia 42, Bethel Tate 12. Fayetteville and the Rockets cruise over Hillcrest 58-56. Coldwater takes care of Minster two prominent high school football programs constantly fighting for state titles in football and it's the cavaliers over the wildcats 31 20 hillsborough 55 williamsburg 35 marymont 42 finneytown 14 parkway with a 21 7 win over the versailles tigers the wyoming cowboys 55 and the taylor yellow Jackets zero Carroll Patriots handle the McNicholas Rockets 37-28. Kettering Fairmont with a 24-12 win over the Springboro Panthers. Indian Hill takes care of Madeira 30-7. Taft and the Senators pass a shutout game against Schroeder and the Jaguars, 56-0. Goshen, 12, Upper Sciota Valley, 6. Elida takes care of Defiance, 46-42. Miami Valley Christian takes care of Cleveland's Lutheran East, 42-14. It's St. Mary's edging out Lima Shawnee, 27-26. Another overtime game in the battle of schools with flying mascots in space. Well, I guess aviators would be in the sky but whatever Comets 30, Sycamore Aves 27, Mason with a 3 point overtime win Oak Hills 20, Hamilton 13 New Bremen edges out Fort Recovery 19-15, big win for the Cardinals Reading 29, Deer Park 14, another overtime game, the Anna Rockets over the St. Henry Redskins 28-27, West Jefferson over Cedarville and the Indians 37-20 Southeastern 41, Northeastern 27 in the Battle of Directions in Clark County. Van Wert edges out Ottawa-Glandorf in OT, 40-34. Western Brown takes care of Jackson and the Ironmen, 42-36. Jonathan Alder with a 28-12 win over Ben Logan and the Raiders. Summit Country Day 51, Clark Montessori 0. New Miami takes care of Dayton's Jefferson Township, 44-26. Vikings win. And now for the Indiana scores, Marion 57, Richmond Red Devils zero. The Red Devils have lost three in a row, I believe, after their season opening win against Connorsville, which by the way, the Connorsville Spartans fall to Rushville 55-28. Union County edges Winchester 12-8. Hagerstown takes care of Lincoln 36-0. Union City edges Northeastern 18-12 in OT. And the Centerville, Indiana Bulldogs handle Try and the Titans, 52-14. Your Saturday games look like this. Layman Catholic all over Ridgemont, a Cavaliers 63-0 win. St. Edward of Cleveland takes care of Cincinnati's Elder, 36-30. Woodworth with a shutout, 34-0 win against Gamble Montessori. And Dayton Christian takes care of Crestline, 26-0. Now for college scores. Big week in college, especially for one team breaking their single game total yards. For the Bearcats, their record was 711. I wish I was making that up, but 711 yards against UConn back in 2009, if I remember what play-by-play announcer Dan Horn said on the call. The Bearcats take care of Alabama A&M 63-7 and UC was not afraid to use a lot of depth offensively in that game. Oakland hands Wright State their first loss in the year. The Raiders fall to 1-1 with a 50-6 Golden Grizzlies win. Duquesne takes care of Dayton. The Dukes win 31-26. Minnesota 26, Miami 3. Morehouse College 41, Central State 14. Urbana takes care of Lake Erie in a non conference tilt. Blue Knights win 27 19. Ohio Northern handles Wilmington, the fighting Quakers 49 16. Polar Bears win. Wittenberg. Takes care of Oberlin 45-14. Thomas Moore with a very satisfying 35-28 win against Wisconsin-Platteville. Mount St. Joseph's handles the engineers of Rose Holman 54-35. Bluffton shuts out the Earlham Quakers 34-0. And number 18 Southeastern University in the Lakeland, Florida area handles Cincinnati Christian 58-14. That is number 18 Southeastern and the fire. And now NFL scores. Cincinnati, a very satisfying Thursday night win. Bengals 34, Baltimore Ravens 23. For Cleveland, they started off well, but the Saints would have their way in the Superdome, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Saints 21, Cleveland 18. A very rough game for Zane Gonzalez. He missed four of his last kicks. A couple extra points missed, couple couple field goals. Might have made the difference. Cleveland's got a short turnaround. They're on Thursday night this week. They'll handle the New York Jets. Very, very tough to watch. I have a story about that. But I know there's some Colts fans in the area. So Indianapolis 21, Washington 9. And Kansas City takes down Pittsburgh because there are a couple Steeler fans in the area as well. Back to the New Orleans and Cleveland game. Uh, This weekend I was working at 5th-3rd field for the Voss Auto Softball Tournament. And we put on the Browns game on the video board. And we got to watch the whole thing as the event ended at 4. It was a tough game. I know there's a lot of Browns fans angry at Zane Gonzalez for his misses. And, you know, the Browns defense did give up, what was it, 18 points in that fourth quarter to New Orleans. On the other side, it's Drew Brees. I mean, he's been in the league for, you know, uh, I don't know, a couple years or so. Very successful quarterback out of Purdue. And You gotta like though the Cleveland's fighting spirits in it. I mean, yes, no wins yet. One loss, one draw. Hey, it sounds like a soccer record. Hey. But I feel like with this short turnaround, you gotta have some good hard practices. And for Zane Gonzalez, it's about redemption. Play your game. And with this news of Josh Gordon too, got that on Saturday at the Dayton Flyers men's soccer game, which by the way. Dayton Flyers Men's Soccer defeated Incarnate Ward 2-0, and Dayton Volleyball swept Evansville that Saturday. And in the biggest attended volleyball match at UD, the Flyers take down Ohio State three sets to two. Their first win, the Flyers win, against the Buckeyes since, what was it, 1980? Very big win for Coach Horsman and the Dayton Flyers volleyball squad. So a very tough loss for Cleveland, and had a chance to tie it, send to OT. I, I, I did like this sportsmanship between the kickers. Will Lutz of the Saints comes over and, you know, tells Gonzalez, hey, chin up. It was a rough game, yes, but you're a competitor. And most of those misses were close. We're not talking like, oh, I'm just going to kick it on the other side of the field. That'd be funny. Or I'm just going to kick my, you know, my holder in the face because that'd be funny too. Actually, that would be kind of funny, but no. I know fans, you know, are angry about it, but it's it's a tough loss. You still got 14 games to play in 15 weeks. New York Jets next in the spotlight on NFL Network. Can I still say it's weird not to have Cleveland Browns football on local Dayton radio? Because normally when Bengals and Browns played after, you know, soccer matches, I'd switch between... Um, I think I listened on seven hundred, but with the Reds still playing, which by the way, I think they need to go, what, ten and three, nine and three to avoid ninety losses. Also, while we're talking on baseball, this is very scattered scores, but the Bowling Green Hot Rods are your Midwest League champions. They took care of the Peoria Chiefs. Three games to one. Bowling Green single A of Tampa Bay on the Rays. Peoria single A of St. Louis. Bowling Green had a heck of a team from opening day till championship clincher. So congrats go out to the Hot Rods and the Rays. Just think, if even half of that Hot Rods team become Tampa Bay Rays, that's going to be a pretty dangerous and pretty scrappy team. I hope to see that. That's your scores. You can follow me on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen. On Friday nights, I'll tweet the high school games and try to retweet all the college football games as well. But now for the main attraction, episode 62 with B-Man at W-T-U-E. Studios in the iHeart Radio building, downtown Dayton, Ohio, in the Oregon District. I'm joined with John Bolio, otherwise known as B
1: man, one one pine here in the Big O at the rock and roll radio station ranch. That's what we call it here. That's what I call it here.
0: How you doing, B man? I'm good. How you been, brother? I've been okay. It's, it's been, good to see you. It's great to see you too. It's been a while since we seen each other. Well, nobody
1: sees me because I'm liking radio.
0: Well, true. But <laughs> back when we had pro hockey in Dayton, you know, couldn't get away from.
1: B-Man. Oh, the good old days. Yeah, I miss those. I definitely miss those. Uh, it's not like people see me all the time because. I got that face for radio. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're just hanging out here, just, just doing the radio thing, uh, kind of waiting on hockey. I, I've seen you around, heard you around, doing the baseball and beauty yeah. and sports and stuff like that.
0: Been a little busy. Uh, yeah. Right State, Dayton. Right. Um, high school hockey at South Metro. Yeah. Been doing it. You should come out to see hockey at South Metro.
1: Um, you know, they keep trying – Trying to get a team out there, I think. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> of the one team, but it uh, yeah. um, seems every time I went out there, they'd never be there. I've always got my dates mixed up, but uh, ah. I know. I miss it out there. I remember we got to do the one game with the... Uh, hockey team out there do we do we did a couple of games maybe for, i forget i remember they had you upstairs in the
0: yeah the, i forgot about that <laughs> yeah. demolition south metro sports
1: yes and you couldn't you couldn't hear what was going on really except through your mm-hmm. headphones no. and-,
0: and even <laughs> even then i couldn't hear you it was um we didn't have the field mic out there yeah. which nowadays we just pipe the field mic through the the ceiling right so we just catch it through the the sound insulation yeah, that's but, the way to do it uh, yeah that was um
1: That was the the few games that I had a chance to um, sit there doing PA um, in the box down on the ice. And have the players and listen to the players. Because up yeah. there, uh, when we used to do it at the Nutter Center with the Bombers, we're way up in the top in the corner. Fourth um, floor. Yeah. And then uh, even at Harrow, which every seat in Harrow was, of course, a great view. But to being right down there in the ice, some of the things those players would say, I, I, felt like, <laughs> I felt like I was caught in the middle of it. Oh, they really are upset with each other. you know.
0: <laughs> I don't think they like each it's other. It's an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I mentioned, B-Man's been a part of the Dayton hockey scene for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, um, I did the... Uh, I started with the Bombers. Well, I started with the Ice Bandits, actually, and I auditioned for uh, uh, a job with the Bombers with Bud Ginger, and uh, I went out to Nutter Center, and um, I was supposed to meet with him, and he'd already headed back to Peoria. And I was like, well, where is he? He said, well, he's on his way back. I said, I had an interview for him for a job. (laughs) And that same day, the general manager for the Ice Bandits called me, and uh, he said, "Uh, hey, I... I heard you were looking for a job, and I said, "Yeah." He says, "Well, uh, kirkie has been doing the, you know, the Ice Bandits here at uh, Hera, and he's leaving after halfway through the season." I thought, "Would you be interested in taking over for him?" And I'm like, w- w- "You know, as a matter of fact, I had an interview and they stood me up." And and uh, he goes, "Well, where are they going to pay you?" I said, "Well, I don't know, it's like thirty-five bucks a game." He hmm. says, "Well, Kirkie's leaving halfway through the season. I'll pay you seventy bucks a game." Nice. I said, "Yeah, I'll do that." So I did it the <laughs> one season, and then of course they folded, and then the. Uh, bombers came calling and said oh, we'd like to come over here me and bill kirby kind of switched off and did it for a while and uh, the rest is history been doing it ever since that was what 90 to the ice band it's like 96
0: yeah that was so, the year the first year the bombers went to nutter from here. Right. so
1: and i had never i mean i grew up i used to listen to blackhawks games growing up in chicago you know under under the sheets at night <laughs> with my transistor radio you know bobby bobby hall stan makita uh, those those glory days of the blackhawks and and um but I wasn't like a major fan. I was more into baseball. I became a Cub fan. And uh, But um, when I married into a family that lived up by Hera, uh, back in the day, they were all hockey fans. <laughs> we used to play street hockey. And uh, we went out to the inaugural um, kind of exhibition season the Bombers had out there at Hera. And, and I sat in Section 12 down on the ed. And there was a guy named Earl down there. I used to bang on the glass, cause call, all kinds of, you know, it's always called Section 12, you know, Section yeah. 12. Section 12. Yeah. A lot of my friends for years would sit up there and yell and scream and, and uh, we sit up there and I was like, this sport is fantastic.
0: <laughs> so yeah,
1: been a, been a fan ever since and having a chance to work with them was great.
0: I was going to ask how you got your start in hockey and if the Ice Bandits was your first taste of the sport.
1: It was uh, as far as working, um, but like say, the Bombers exhibition season, when um, they did, a, I don't know, like a six game or 12 game. I forget what exactly it was. And I, I just sat there in amazement you know, especially in hair, going this, this is incredible. And I was like an instant fan. And I mean, the, the passion boiled over for it. And that's why, I, that's why I kind of enjoyed doing it. I mean, that was a sweet gig, um, to sit there and try and get the fans into it, which is, which is a lot of fun. I mean, I really enjoyed doing that. I mean, I'm in the business where you're trying to entertain people and, and we all know that, you know, minor league hockey is a different entity than professional hockey. I mean, you go to the, you know, the Blue Jackets games and listen to them, and there's, that they're so professional and what they do there in that in that arena is just it amazes you, and you so wish you could do that. But at the same time, it always required. Well, I mean, look at how many times I'd get up and dance. You know, the tricky <laughs> that. And this says a lot. <laughs> that was our entertainment, you know, but people expected Spotify. it from me. And I'd look at the sound guy. He'd start playing. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it today. And I'd get up and occasionally I'd get up, take the shirt off and do whatever. But it was fun. And the fans got into it. And and every time I could get fans into it, even in those tough games, you know, we we're getting our butts kicked or something. It was just when something would happen, I'd be like, that was great. You know, and <laughs> I'd go home. My wife's like, how'd it go? Well, we got our asses beat, but. Boy, I had fun tonight. And I miss that. I mean, especially over the winter, it was something to do. I mean, radio is radio. I, we keep busy, you know, doing a lot. I keep busy all the time. I mean, it's very rare that I have full weekends off, but, uh, you know, I love doing it. I love being out and I could actually be working for a living, but instead I'm, you know, playing music and doing podcasts and going to shows, you know, and just having fun. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's been a great life, great career. Uh, I do miss the hockey. Um, you know, I'll miss radio one day too. I mean, that'll inevitably come to an end one day. But uh, you know, just keep doing it. It's been 38 years, so just having fun.
0: From about halfway through the first ice banded season, the only ice banded season, all the way to the last uh, team we had at Hare Arena. I mean, that's that's <sighs> a run.
1: I wear the ring every day. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Click them rings. Boom. Did your little piece of had little pieces of red break out of mine? Um, yep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> mine's mine's falling apart. I just noticed
1: it's... I had another piece fall out.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. I mench- I saw this at a Dayton soccer games like, "Huh, that piece is coming off." And then I look back and it's like, "Oh, it fell out." Right? Yep. Yep. So
1: I just uh, now that I mentioned, I just lost another piece, so. Oh well.
0: Lost another one to DieTech. <laughs>
1: but still it's great to <laughs>
0: Hey, I mean, I don't think I'm getting another championship ring in yeah. my career, but who knows? You
1: never know. You never, you never know. know. That's a, that's something I'm sure we can delve into about what's going to happen, but uh, who knows? Anything's possible.
0: So, B-Man, where are you from, and how would you find yourself in Dayton, Ohio?
1: Wow. We're going way back now. Mm-hmm. Uh, born Dayton. Actually, born at St. Elizabeth. Uh, back in 1984.
0: All right. 59. I was going to say, there's no way you're four years <laughs> yeah. older than me. No way. No. no. Um, <laughs>
1: born there, and I think when I was six, uh, we moved to Illinois. Grew up in Chicago. And 1968 when I became a Cub fan. I was, what, nine years old? Um, lived there till the end of my sophomore year, and like I said, I used to love, love to listen to the radio. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. You know, I was a teenager. Yeah, but I used to listen. To, well, there there's a station in Chicago at the time. It was FM. FM was big in the mid seventies. Was just coming on. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but I loved the oldies. I mean, the first, first movie I fell in love with was American Graffiti. The first records I bought was like Sha Na the American Graffiti soundtrack. And I suddenly, you know, I, I got a leather jacket. and I love the 50s and 60s music. And this is in the 70s. And uh, there's a station in Chicago called WFYR called the Fire Station. And it was downtown Chicago up on top of a skyscraper. They had red flashing lights, you know, and I thought it was so cool. And I'd listen to the oldies on that station and, you know, enjoyed doing that. Um, basically, so when I we moved back here at the end of my sophomore year, I was a geek, played clarinet. Uh, symphonic band. Played out at Mount Rushmore for the president, you know. And we just – anyway, I got into the uh, – junior, they stuck me in the freshman band at Centerville High School. Moved to Centerville High School, and so I ended up quitting. Uh, but music was three periods a day, and I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, so they had the radio program. And that was the year in 76 that uh, Centerville had moved to the new high school – and they'd had the radio station for, like, a few years, but they were in the process of building the station and the, and the new um, uh, the new building. So, um, anyway, I quit, and I got into this radio thing, and I'd spent the summer not knowing anybody because I'd moved here, and I took driver's ed with a friend of mine, or became a friend of mine. He became my best buddy, married my sister for a time, and, <laughs> and Bruce, and we're still friends to this day. Anyway, uh, he was in the radio program. But I, I'm sitting in this room. Um. Everybody comes in. He comes walking in with a couple other guys. He's like, what are you doing here? I said, I just thought I'd get into this radio thing. I had to fill the periods. He goes, oh, cool, cool. Well, this is Al. This is Lloyd. We're going to lunch. Come on. So I had my friends. Anyway, we spent like half our junior year building the radio stations, literally. So I did that. Graduated. Went to University of Cincinnati. Bachelor of Fine Arts there. Ran the radio station down there. uh, WFIB. World's finest in broadcasting. It was a carrier current through the dorms. And uh and then I got a part-time job um, at WSCH in Aurora, Indiana. It was a daytime country station, and so basically um, Sundays I would go out there and from like two to ten p.m. do an eight-hour shift playing country music that I knew nothing about on forty-fives and albums. You know, I mean, I couldn't tell you the difference between a Bill Anderson and uh, and a uh, well, can't even name another one um, at the time. So I was just kind of just kind of going off the off the cuff off the top of my head, and I'd run into the newsroom and rip and read, and it was a learning experience. So anyway, one day I didn't show up for work, because I think I went to a Molly Hatchet concert at Hair Arena. Nice. And uh, they fired me. <laughs> they let me go. <laughs> Asked me to return all the country albums I took, which wasn't any. Uh, anyway, then about, probably about three months before I graduated, I was, you know, sending out tapes looking for a job, and um, being from here. You know, TUE uh, when we had moved here was kind of a kind of a top forty-ish. And then they started going into kind of a uh, well what today we probably could temporary country because we were it was rock and roll, but they were playing Kenny Loggins and some stuff like that. And when I came back from spending the summer in Cape Cod with my grandparents, you know, and I was like, Wow, oh, what the heck is it? and then I started to realize that it was, you know, a different kind of format, album rock that uh, I kind of like. So anyway, um, I sent out a tape, and one day um, I, I, uh, Chuck Browning, who was program director here, called me, and he said, uh, hey, you know, I like what I heard, and, uh, you know, I'd um, like to keep this on file, and blah, 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 and, you know, give me a call when, you know, you graduate or something like that. And I said, oh, cool, cool, cool. So anyway, I was kind of still looking for jobs, and say about a few months before I graduated, I came up and I was um, visiting my parents, went back down, I was working at the roller rink in Sharonville, I know it's a long story. I told you a long story. But uh, we—it's uh, your episode. I'm Tell down the there stories. working one night, and um, I turn around, and my mom's standing outside the sound booth, and I'm like, "Mom, what are you doing out here?" <laughs> and she goes, "She gave me this piece of paper saying a Chuck Browning called and wants to know, wants you to call him uh, about employment." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" He says, "No matter what, t- you know, call whenever." So I got home. I'm, I'm sitting in my apartment. It's three in the morning, right? so i call him I woke him up obviously he's like oh, hello i said, oh i'm really sorry it's just nope i said call anytime he says you're still looking for a job so uh that's when they hired me that was uh in the spring of 81 so uh i did overnights for a little while and then afternoons and then um we had an issue i was gone for about a year in 84 and came back in 85 and i did mornings in 86 and then 87 they put me back in afternoons been there ever since so just been doing it, but yeah, it's like I've been there ever since, and it's been thirty-eight years, and which is kind of unreal. I'm very blessed, and I just keep doing it, you know.
0: I mean, you're the main voice of WTUE. What people think of one of 4.7s, either Bengals coverage or B-Man.
1: Yep, yep, yeah, and um, that's what I tell them whenever remotes come up. It says, "I want the remotes because that's extra money." It's not like we get raises in this business anymore, so.
0: You, well, yeah,
1: it <laughs> is radio. But uh,
0: When did you decide that broadcasting was your future? Was it when you were working with Centerville Station, when you were in Aurora, or when you found yourself yeah. here?
1: You know, well, <laughs> obvious to say once I was here, I was probably here for good. I, you know what? I, I'm at that point in my career now where, like I say, one day it'll all end, and I'll get that. And it used to be that I, I knew I would be up, really upset. But I've been doing it so long now that one day, um, you know, whether it's business or whether it's the lack of passion or something like that, it'll be time to go and move on maybe, or I could be here the rest of my life. Like I say, it could be working, but, uh, I won't be upset as much as I would be disappointed. But at the same time, I don't think I'd go anywhere else and start anew. I, and I've had opportunities to do that through the years. Um, but it's like kind of made my name here. I enjoy it. It's my home. Um, And there's there's the reputation, there's the the friendships, there's the familiarity with the city, and I love Dayton. I think it's a great city. Sometimes it really disappoints me when we can't get a hockey team or something, but uh, it's a great place to live. It really is, and everything we need is just a drive away if if we need to. And um, anyway, probably to answer your question, um, in high school I thought it was pretty cool, you know, but – at that time you you know you're trying to i had the advantage of spending two years in high school radio so when i went to college i was that far ahead so when people are taking introduction to broadcasting i'm like i don't need to do that i could concentrate on production broadcast law whatever um cable which was coming on you know gangbusters at the time and uh, just really concentrate on different things and i kind of breezed through that in college um not so much with the economics classes and stuff like that, which I, I really sucked. But, um, yeah, I mean, when I had that first country music radio station job, I was excited. You know, high school was fun and, and, and college was fun um, because you could kind of let loose. You still had rules, but let loose and do what you want. Of course, then you get into radio. And back then you could still cut loose with a lot of things. And, you know, when I first started working professionally here, um, it was a blast, and that's how I knew this. I picked the right sport. And I never thought I would, to be honest with you, because some people, you know, my wife, she goes, well, are you ever going to calm down? You're such a type A personality. And it's like, I'm not really. I just kind of developed into one. I'm just as laid back as the other guy. But, uh, you know, the, the business kind of forced me to do that. And that's been my lifestyle. But as you get older, sometimes it's like, oh, boy, I'm tired. <laughs> <You> know, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, back then, probably. Or it might have been the first time I heard those songs on the radio, you know, that – that, that, that there was a passion there so it, it could be anywhere in there that's kind of a tough question to answer but it's like it's this morning Lee. it's like i knew i wanted to be
0: <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> but, <laughs> you work with a lot of people at iheart radio dayton right now but there's been tons of people through the doors they've had their shows on other iheart stations or yeah. clear channel stations back in the day who's some of the people that you work with in your career
1: Oh, well, um, there's a lot. You know, the most maybe notable, famous, I guess it would be um, Dan Patrick, ESPN, Dan Pugh, back when he was on here with Sean Scott and Dan Pugh in the mornings, and that's when I first started doing overnights. And, oh, there's stories I could tell you that, you know, I can't, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) you know, of them coming in from uh, the old Dixie Electric Company in the middle of the night with girls and Long story short, Dan coming in and going, "We got to go on the air." After I came out and said, "You guys are on." It's stairway to heaven's on. When it's over, you're on. It's just tales like that. But that was in the <laughs> raucous days of radio, and uh, and uh, Dan was one of those guys. You saw the passion in his eyes that he want. He had a passion for sports. Radio was just kind of a stepping stone, and then he started working at Channel Two. You know, doing sports, and this you just knew the guy was going to go places. And then him and Keith Olbermann were like the The guys on ESPN, the anchors. And it's like, my God, look at this guy doing exactly what he wanted to do. I was so proud of him. But, I mean, you know, Chuck Browning, who hired me back in the day. And um, there's people like uh, Paul Fredericks when I left here and needed a job. I worked part-time at 96 Rock in Cincinnati there for a few months. And he took me under his wing. And he's like, oh, my God, I wish I had something to give you, you know. Um. And then I got to work with Marty Bender and um, Doug Johnson down there. They were doing mornings. Um, Chris Geisen, you know, Steve Kerrigan here, Marshall Phillips, God rest their, their souls. Christopher's still with us. Yeah, he's still on. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I guess he Tony Peters the other night at the show and, and Dano, Dan knockdrop who is uh, in Portland now. And he's a big voiceover guy. And I don't, you could be watching the Weather Channel or something at any time. And that's Dan's voice. He's... He's doing so well being a voiceover guy, you know, like, uh, tonight on the Weather Channel, you know, (laughs) that's Dano. It's like, so he's been doing really well. Um, you know, you know who I really liked working with, uh, was Mark Schlemmer, your friend and mine. And I think he is a great sportscaster and they really wanted him to have a gig here, but there was nothing they could do as far as paying. And I know he's over at the competitors now and all that, but he is a great sports guy. He's unbiased. He, He just, he just. I always used to like listening to him, and um, uh, I kind of miss I kind of miss working with him because he's kind of a crazy dude. But
0: he's a good guy. Uh,
1: yeah, and uh, I worked with uh, some uh, w- when when I was still looking for a job, and they hired me at the uh, cat in Oklahoma City back there in '85. I was with my girlfriend at the time and the phone rang and i answered the phone <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, and and uh, I, I go hello he goes hey john yeah I says yeah this is a uh, um so and so with apollo communications in uh, in los angeles and i was like yeah he says uh, how you doing i go great great and he says you still looking for a job and i say yeah he says are you okay and i go oh yeah oh yeah i said i didn't catch my breath i was literally just having <laughs> he goes i can call back i go no 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 what's up so they offered me the 7 to midnight job in Oklahoma City and uh, um, I ended up there working with Warren Williams who went to LA right after that and then Pat Welsh and Scott Douglas a couple good friends of mine we had a great it was a great radio station out there and they put me on afternoons and uh, Tom Carroll who was became PD here I had trained him he called me up one day and said we want you to come back and I'm like I'm not coming back you guys screwed me over. He says, well, we'll give you a raise, make you music director. And I'm like, eh, I'll think about it. He says, well, Bob Clark's going, he's in afternoons, he's going into sales. And so we would like to have you come back and replace him. And I was like, eh, I'll think about it. A couple months later, he calls me and says, I need to know. Bob has, can- they found a grapefruit-sized cancerous tumor in his chest. Uh, he's undergoing you know, surgery, and we need somebody right now. And... um he said, "We'll do this. We'll do this, and we'll fire the morning guy who I had issues with." So I, I said, "Okay, I'll come back because it was my hometown, my wife's hometown, and uh, you know, all our hockey brothers." And, and so we came back, and uh, he said, "I can't fire Jeff Curry." You know, it's he did had a great book. I said, "Okay, that's fine. I'm a professional." Anyway, I ended up getting Jeff a job in Richmond, Virginia, and they fired him three months later. So karma. <laughs> but uh, and, you know, I got to work with Bob Clark and just and just all these people. A lot of them passed on. Um, Jim Manley, you probably know, you know, through Frickers. And, uh, mm-hmm. I know I'm pretty much sticking local, but I've had a chance. I do uh, premium choice. They well, don't call it premium choice now, but uh, with iHeart. And what that basically is is like our, uh, like our Pandora uh, or like Sirius where we have these different formats for iHeart and we work – well, at one time when I was doing overnight weekends, I was on like fifty-eight stations across the country. Uh, now I'm doing classic rock '80s, which is what we are, and I'm on about forty, maybe thirty-five. Uh, Alabama, you know, Michigan, all these different um, Louisville, Indy, L- Lexington, um, uh, places like that. Or I do these, this voice tracking is what they call it. Basically record my shows and they send it to these markets. So I've gotten to work with a lot of other people in, you know, bigger markets and the, the, the upper echelon people with iHeart who hired me to do that. They pay me more for that. So I just literally, um, over the weekend had somebody saw Leonard Skinner pictures I posted on my web, pe- blog page on the station. And then another guy from Raleigh just the other day says, wait a minute. I used to live in Huber Heights. Oh my God. What are you doing here? <laughs> You hate to explain to them that you're not really there, but you're there. So yeah, that's been kind of exciting to uh, you know have people from other markets say, "Oh my God, I know a B man back in Ohio. That's me." Oh my God, so nice. Yeah, so I've met a lot of people in those other markets and stuff.
0: You Imagine Mark Schlemmer. He's been a common guest on my podcast. It's really cool learning from him. Yeah, everything.
1: They're very good at sports. Yeah, yeah. He speaks highly of you too.
0: He's a good guy. I think he's
1: the only one that did. But I'm, no, I'm
0: just kidding. Well, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Just no, kidding. I mean, hey. He
1: is. And, uh, you know, everybody loves sports. Not My wife doesn't. But, uh, you know, it's fun to listen to people talk about that. Um, some shows you can listen to and they just get carried away and, and you know, you basically shut up.
0: <laughs> and there's know? and there's other sports shows like, why are you talking about movies, you know, talk right. about sports.
1: Right. I heard we're talking about B-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: hey, it's going to yeah. be a big episode. I They're guarantee cool. that.
1: Ah, it's going to be huge. I tell you, it's going to be the biggest one ever. It's
0: going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> Very bigly. league. <Yeah.
1: laughs> oh, God. We're not going to talk politics, I'll tell you that. No, anyway.
0: no. No, no, no <laughs> politics, please. Now, of course, you miss hockey, but mm-hmm. what's some of the biggest things you miss about announcing the sport? Um,
1: well, I was always a going-to-work guy. You know, when my first – Big gig. I worked at Miami Paper in West Carrollton, and back in the high school, and it helped pay for college in the summers. And I was making a fortune for a kid that age back then. And I just I always had that hard work ethic, um, and I always thought that if I wasn't doing something like this, I'd be working in a factory, and I would I would love it. I would have worked at Delco or whatever, you know. And it, it really disheartens me to hear all these people that like, you know, take all the money from the government, refuse to work, and there's so many. Decent-paying jobs out there. I mean, this market is starved for employees. And you can find those jobs out there. There's tons of them. You know, well, I don't want to work in a factory, and I'd work in a I used to work my butt off in 140-degree heat in the paper machines, and I used to love it. And I'd go out with these older guys afterwards to the bars, you know, after, after working a double shift. You know, I'd lose five pounds a night, and I could eat all I wanted because of the heat and working so hard. And I loved it. And um, so – Having something to do like in the wintertime um, was always important to me, be able to go out to hockey game, interact with people. Um, And I'm sure you dealt with it too, even even with the hockey team, is sometimes there's just certain people at certain times you just don't want to deal with, Mm. you know, blow them off. But I really enjoyed that, and I really enjoyed working with the owners. And even if an owner would be critical of something I did, it would be a learning experience for me. And that's point number two, is I love to learn. And I was always learning to do that. To the point where you would hone the craft and get it down smooth. Uh, but we don't all screw up. The wrong name, the wrong penalty, you know. But, I mean, that was lack of communication. We have lack of communication in radio every day, uh, more than people think. But, uh, so, I mean, learning. Um, and three, it was, you know, having fun and and getting it to oh, keep touching the microphone here no, touch the microphone don't spit don't pop your peas <laughs> uh <laughs> the puck <laughs> um the puck has left the. it illness. was fun and you know and i think good analogy is everybody wants to do the air horn when you score a goal you know i mean kids come up and go, yeah you can do that what but to be able <laughs> to sit there and we score a goal and, and antiquated, you know, knob that sometimes it wouldn't work, you know. Yeah. It'd be like, eh. like uh we have a problem.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, you would improvise. And, um, you know, sometimes you'd have to improvise. And that's fun. I mean, last minute. And, but they having the good work ethic, you know, sometimes, you know, um, whoever it was at the time, you know, will come up and go, you know, you saved us tonight. And I said, well, my job is to take a semi-professional team. And make it sound as professional as you can, like what you, you know, do when you're on the air. That's our job. Um, and I think people would kind of interact, you know, when you would get excited about scoring a goal um, or getting fans into it by dancing stupid stuff, you know. And some <laughs> people didn't appreciate it, I'm sure. But you're not going to please everybody. But to be able to get the crowd in there, interact with them, and they can go, you, you're, it was fun, you know. Then we accomplished our job, accomplished our goal. And uh, to me, it was always important to make sure that happened, even on those nights where you didn't want to be there and the weather was miserable or you were sick. And it's like, you know, or I didn't have the right or didn't have a music guy. You know, there were cases where there wasn't a music guy because, again, that wasn't totally professional, but it's like my job to make it sound as professional as possible. And when it when you pull it off, I was happy. I go home knowing that we pulled it off and make my night.
0: What's the history of the B-Man dance?
1: Oh, God, that's a good question. <laughs> I'd say it's the B-Man specials.
0: The B-Man specials? Yes,
1: which were the uh, the drinks that I used to get in the bar for free. I I can't remember the last time I used to – pay yeah, that was the other thing about it. You go in there before the game, associate with people, say hey, um, and um, some nights more than others, um, I would get a B-Man, which is just basically crown on the rocks. And uh, you know, sometimes I'd be working with everyone. I say, "Hey, oh, go get, just go, go get me another B man special." What? She'll know what you're talking about. So sometimes I'd say it was probably just the alcohol talking. Um, <laughs> you become less uninhibited. Uh, but I would never do it to the point where it would affect, or at least I didn't think it would affect my my job. You know me sounding. Um, I mean, years ago when I was doing the bombers, Chuck. Chuck Grove, my friend Chuck, was doing music and stuff, and and Chuck would chew tobacco. And because of Chuck, I still chew tobacco to this day, which I shouldn't. Um, I'm chewing gum as we talk now, which I probably shouldn't do. It's unprofessional. But a lot of times it just got to be kind of a, not so much an addiction, but it was a routine that I would do the hockey games, you know, with a microphone, talking in arena, doing chew. And sometimes people around me, you know, you'd spit or whatever, you'd have your alcohol and all that. But it was the minute you had to talk into the mic you know neither one of those mattered um so I, anyway to answer your question I was probably the alcohol um it was the lack of things going on uh, i'm sure you were very frustrated too that um i think part of the problem that you know reason we lost the hockey team besides the lack of money or bad owners or the arena um was the product sometimes wasn't there um no matter what it was even if it was just a piece of crap to give it away means everything to the people in the crowd <clears throat> when it got to the point where we were doing nothing but me dancing in the third period as the entertainment that that's that's it's bs that's the epitome of of uh of just it was like the low point um you know even the chucka pucks and all that everything just seemed to get Really off. And that loss of sponsors or something like that. Um, a good example is the Dragons, who, when they came around, I knew it was going to work. I remember with Tony Capizzi expressed the idea of putting a ball team and Everybody said, "Nah, it'll never work. It'll never work. I knew it would. And when it did, I was so proud. I've been a season ticket holder since day one. I was so proud of him and the city and, and, and the fans um, that because it's a good product. I might get bored of the silliness of seeing um, the mascots dance, <laughs> you know, which would drive you crazy. But they're entertaining the kids and the families, and they keep coming and keep coming. Um, and, you know, Mandalay at the time, of course, entertainment companies, so they did it right. Uh, we never had but a fraction of that. And I think that's besides, you know, all the other uh, reasons, that was one of the big things that hurt us uh, was the entertainment factor. So I think I was reaching out. It's like, you know, I could probably look at you or any off-ice officials up there in the box and go, what the hell do we do here, you know? Um, especially if you're getting beat. Because like, then people would start leaving or something. So I think that's how it came about. Especially
0: uh, that last year of the uh, demolition. There were some bad losses.
1: Yeah. So, it, it, you know, um, I mean, you know, the season they won the championship was—it it was, you know, and like I said, it was on a lower level than a professional sports team. Although my Cubs won the World Series a couple years ago, but it, to see that happen, you know, and to be involved the parade and, and the ceremonies and get the rings and all that—I mean, I was giddy. I was giddy, and I wear this ring every day um, just because of that because it was a—it was a great moment in my life. I'm sure it was. You just be there, and yeah. and you know, with the Mafuses of the world and uh, and <laughs> Coach Trevor and stuff, and and and. I don't know if we were friends with them all, but we were associates with a lot of them and stuff. And it was it was a family. Yeah. And when it was all said and done, it was like, that was an awesome family affair. So maybe I was just afraid, not afraid to get half undressed and make a fool of myself in front of family. But
0: <laughs> I just remember that championship. There was a Dayton Sharks game going on at Hair Arena. So after that was done, pack up the equipment, go down to the pub and just, you know. Watch the rest of the third period. It was already like nine to two at that point. Just yeah. hear the other broadcaster sad. It was just <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I it wear was. I wear my ring to every sporting event I go to. It was so. fun.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's the key. I mean. I still like to do a lot of things in my life, even at my age. My wife's a little older than me, and uh, she's always been those ones like, well, wait till you turn 40, wait till you turn 50, wait till you turn 60, and I'll be 60 next year. And it's like, and she's right. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a couple few years behind her, it, keep catching up. But, um, just this past weekend, uh, a neighbor of mine who was really, I live in a condo association, and, uh, he helped me with a lot of different things. Um, Talked to him about getting a trailer, you know, and stuff. And he just passed away; he had a massive heart attack um, over the weekend. It died, and uh, and I thought about that all weekend long. And it's like it, it, it's like this is the only the only go around we have that I know of. And so I tell my wife sometimes, she's like you're always out. You know, you never care about me. I go, no, I do care about you. Um, I'm not trying to turn things around, but said that's why I do this because I'm trying to stay out of trouble. I'm trying to have fun and enjoy life. You know, she doesn't want to ride my motorcycle with me. She doesn't want to go to ball games. We're we're polar, we're opposites. But you know, opposites attract. So, and I do a lot of the shows, and and it's like, so I'm just I'm just trying to enjoy it now because one day it's gone. And like I say, we were enjoying work in the hockey games, and it's been a couple, three years, and it's like they're gone, and I I'm still at a loss, and I'm sure you are too. Yeah. It's like just do it while you can, man, because it's going to be gone sooner or later, or you're going to be gone. It's like. It's like it's it's kind of that live life to the fullest. Just do what you can. I mean, I try not to overdo it anymore, but uh, you know, life is fun. It's the only one you got. The good Lord, God willing, He expects you to work because life is hard. But have fun, enjoy it. I've given you this gift, enjoy it. Because then, then I'm going to pull you back one day. So anyway, it's all about the fun.
0: What's some of your favorite memories of? announcing at hockey from ice bandits to demolition there's one that i think um that you'll enjoy remember the fight between jesse felton and matthew (laughs) punterary pull the beer out of the sock
1: we got suspended Uh, yeah kicked off the team yeah
0: punterary never could come back and felton came back like two years later with the demolition
1: yeah and just not the same um that was one of those WTF question mark exclamation points, I think, of it, that you – like, what happened? Um, yeah, it was classic, I think, to get kicked out of the league or whatever, you know, was was stupid. Um, almost at that point, though, it was kind of a beer league, you know, so there was a – it was kind of an epitome of what was going on, um, which I think made it that much – more humorous, but uh, yeah, that was classic. And that was you're a- up there, I'm like, how do you call that? I, uh, <laughs> that was one of those. I, I mean, I, rem- I think I remember going, I wonder how he's calling that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was you know, times we had uh, um, um, you know, uh, somebody getting hurt or ice melting or or uh, teams being late and you had to kill a couple of hours.
0: Mm.
1: No, not that those were memorable as far as wow, but um. There's things you remember, like... There was some times where you're like, we're not sure what we're supposed to do. Um, Those kind of stick in my head, but... uh.
0: The Blue Fins were... You know, I think they were late twice just because at that point that franchise kind of folded and disintegrated, and they were traveling in their own cars or something like right. that. Right. And I think there was a big winter storm that day, so a lot of them were like still in Columbus when the few of them did right. come into Hair Arena. So it was.
1: There were times I think remember I forget who it was where um, there was tra- guys traveling on a team and everybody was raising money for them. And yeah. Gave it to him. Yeah. Blue was fits. that the political thing? Yeah. F- yeah. Which I thought New that York was amazing country. that, uh, <coughs> you know, our fans would do that. Uh, again, it's the whole family thing. And I, you know, those yeah, one of those memories that always stick with you that that was really cool. Um, and then there were certain people, I think, that would just stick out, you know, just friends of mine. Clara, Hera Clara, you know.
0: Rest her passed,
1: Yeah, passed away. And, and, um, I mean, there's some strange people. (laughs) There always was. And crazy people. And uh, same with some of the players. You know, there's just certain players that might have been professionally better, outstanding players, or maybe just outstanding in their uh, weirdness, you know. Uh, But, you know, there's there's a lot of things like that. Um, Mostly at Hera. You know, there were times. I mean, I remember the uh, Bombers when they had uh, Earnhardt. Oh yeah. With over 10,000 people in that place packed. Um and I remember sitting there going, you know, scared to death, but it's like this is what I would do it for. You know, because my buddy Jeff Stevens who does, you know, a lot of the UD flyer games and I'm not I'm not that big a basketball fan um per se um to want to do that and um even years ago I uh tried out to be the pa announcer for the dragons and i think i could have had the job but then i suddenly realized that i'm still working which made it tough um and you know 70 games a lot of a lot of evenings to spend yeah um you know at the ballpark and uh, it really wasn't cool at the time i'm not a particular fan of the guy that got doing it but uh, I, i've sat there many times and critiqued him probably every time i go to a game but um i'm sure maybe he did that at the hockey games too <laughs> i don't know but uh um I forgot my point. Well, but to have, you know, 10,000 people in Nutter center that that night was just magical. I mean, you know, I'm sitting there going, it's like getting in on the air on TV, you know. Are you okay? Are you nervous? I'm like, "No, I love I love being in front of a camera, you know. It's like, all right, I need to work, you need to ham it up, have some fun." <laughs> when you're doing the, you know, the telephones or something like that. But to me, being a little terrified at doing something is what makes it exciting, and it makes it fun. And again, that's that's why I like to do it. So to have to be in front of a crowd like that, and there were times where we'd have you know six thousand, seven thousand people or something for a game, and oh my gosh, um, you know. And in the old days of, of Hera, we used to have decent crowds, but even with the Ice Bandits, that the first year I did it, you know, there is some pretty tough crowds where. There wasn't anybody there, you know. It's like, you know, it's like, well, everybody's dressed as an empty seat tonight, you know. Um, and I just kept wishing, you know, uh, that we could get 3,000 people in there, 3,500, you know. 2,500 would be great. But when you, they would announce something, maybe 800 or something, it, was, it, just, it would break my heart. Yeah. Uh, knowing, knowing you could do better. But, uh, you know, there's nothing I could do on my part except, you know, do my job. But, yeah. So. Yeah, just nights like that, you know. Special nights, you know, the night we clinched or I think we were all watching the game in the pub. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> Man, that was that was a great night. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, we got the Sharks game happening then at the pub, it's just swarmed with people right. and just trying to get in there after the football game's over just try to watch right. it's like wow. Yeah. It was yeah. That hockey family's awesome. Yeah. I, I
1: miss them. I miss it a lot. And, uh, you know, we keep losing them. Um, but, I, you know, I've gone to many, like, Blue Jackets games. And uh, you can travel over to Indy, down to Cincinnati, on to see them. But it's just not the same. Because it, no matter what kind of fan you are, um, like I could say, I, I could might not be the biggest UD fan, but I respect UD. And it is my hometown team, just as Wright State is when it comes to basketball. I would root for them over just about anybody. Now, I'm a Bears fan, you know, Cubs fan. I grew up in Chicago, a Bulls fan or whatever, Blackhawks fan. Um, so when they're playing, I root for them. But sometimes, you know, if you go to a Reds game and they're playing the Cubs or Blue Jackets are playing, you know, I can be kind of torn, <laughs> you know, I guess. But, you know, it's like I, I hate to see the Reds struggle. I've critiqued the Reds so much lately. And there's so much potential there. But it's fun because they are my home team.
0: I um, think you and Schlemmer have that in common. Right.
1: I'm, you know, and I'm become a Bengals fan too, and it was good to see them win. And, and as much as some people love the Browns, some people hate the Browns. I've always respected the Browns. I cannot hate the Browns, whether I'm a Browns fan or not. Um, but after what they've been through, to see them even tie Pittsburgh, it's like, you know, there's potential there. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I want them to see. Do I want them to? You know, they got a future quarterback. You know, which is a Sooner, so I was a big Oklahoma fan, you know, and, like, mixing, you know, for, with the Bengals. And, um, you know, so I got, I, I got reason to root for them. Um, but when it comes to playing the Bears, then, you know, I have to make that decision. So, so, but it's just not the same rooting for the Cyclones. You know? I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I miss it, too.
0: You kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but have you tried to be an announcer for other sports?
1: Um, well, yeah, like I said, I was back in the day, um, and they did the thing with the dragons where they had like, you know, Sandy Collins and Jeff Stevens did kind of switched off and they were doing different things. I knew the, uh, promotions marketing or whatever. And I said, I'd really like to do that. I could be really good at it because baseball was always my dream anyways. Um. And I thought I was in, and then, like I said, I just thought, ah, you know what, I'd love to, but I can't commit, you know. Um, it's like when I do the premium choice for here, you know, Steve, my, my boss, he's always like, remember, TUE first. I heart second. Uh, I was like, yeah, it's hard to – because you get so caught up in doing the other stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, had to, I always had to take that into account, and I knew that, you know, you had to be there early, and it was going to be hard for me to get out of here early, especially at the time because – now you can voice track, which you know I can record anytime. You, you don't know in this even in this market, all the stations, all the companies, if you're listening actually listening to somebody there or not. A lot of times the studio's empty; they're pre-recorded. Our competition all pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like one of the few live people still around, <laughs> which is scary. Yeah, which, um,
0: that is scary. It's nice that yeah. you're live, but it's yeah. also scary too.
1: But back in the day, you know, I couldn't do that. I would have been here till 7 o'clock, until, you know, the next person came in. Um, Now you never know. I could probably do it. Uh, And there were times where I would, you know, record my last break or two and get out to the hockey game so I'd get there in time. Um, And you can do that. I couldn't do that back then. So anyway, that was that one. And, yeah, that's really it, I think. (laughs) I've thought about it.
0: Is there any uh, sports that you would like to try to announce?
1: Oh, I do any of them. I, do, You know, I've, I've done some of the football teams. Um,
0: Volleyball's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, see, I – yeah. See? I never th- yeah, I guess. College, college volleyball, <laughs> I mean – Oh, yeah. I mean, I love watching the girls in those shorts. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be able to concentrate. Huh? Huh? (laughs) Whose point is that? uh, Uh, Point point that thing. Yeah.
0: I I remember uh, at Wright State, I was doing a neutral game, and Tennessee Tech's coach comes after me. I don't think there's an announcer that's made me laugh like you because one of the balls flew up and I made a catch. Like, catch announcer. Oh, yeah, point that thing.
1: uh,
0: That That was a lot of fun. So college volleyball is a lot of fun. Soccer is pretty fun. It, you got to like the sport to, you know, right. cuz there's long stretches where you don't announce anything and then I stretches.
1: fall asleep during soccer games. Fair enough. Yeah, I just never uh, that, that's one of those sports that I never I don't know. There's not I, a lot maybe respective. I I never appreciated it. I just uh, I don't know.
0: There's not a lot in soccer to announce. There's substitutions, All I announce right. corner kicks, goals of course, uh right. cards. Had uh, three red cards in one day from two games because there was two guys trying to fight from Ohio State and Marshall, and one of Milwaukee's guys slid with his uh, cleats up. So he got a red card right there. So. Uh-oh. That was a lot of
1: fun. The old red cards.
0: Yep. Get out of here. <laughs> You're done. Nothing
1: There's like a, a good f- hockey fight,
0: though. <laughs> uh, you don't see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. No, so, uh, you know. Again, if I get out of radio and I have the time, I could always look at doing something like that. You know, be an old man with a with a extra hobby. You know, it, it would be you know greeting people at Walmart. <laughs> you,
0: I could just see it now. Be man, the greeter at your local Walmart or buyer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> penalty on the young lady stop stealing two minutes for bringing in an animal yeah it's like
0: steal. Yeah. leave your dog in the air air conditioned car
1: <laughs> automatic 10 minute misconduct game misconduct for stealing a bottle of pop yeah <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny.
0: <laughs> mentioned hockey being missed here in town yeah. if let's say someone gives you a lot of money that's a lot of money that sound Mm-hmm. And you can build your very own hockey rink. How are you building it, and who do you want to attract in terms of hockey team and people? Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> well, just professionals. Um, I've often thought it would. It, what, what discourages me the most is hockey's an acquired right. sport for a lot of people. Um, some people don't understand it, don't want to. Uh, it always discouraged me to see smaller towns do really well um, that a city this size can't support. Uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with A, maybe the product, B, the arena, um, C, the lack of promotion or, or marketing. And, um, I mean, through the last few years, that, that all those waned really bad. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, obviously, when they said Harris closing, it was like, well, what do we do? There's nothing you can do. What do we do? Uh, and that was it. It was the knife in the back. Um, I've always thought that it would work with the right people, with the right marketing, with the right arena. And I don't see why an arena wouldn't work downtown uh, like baseball. Um, and here's, here's why. what I think. Um, years ago, Costa... Papista was going to build a new arena over here, right here, over here at Dave Hall Plaza for the bombers. And he, you know, was trying to get money and nobody would step up. Um, and I even saw the plans for the arena, a nice 5,000 seat arena with private boxes right here. I just walked from work to do the games and I thought that would have been awesome. It was a beautiful little arena. Uh, but it never came to fruition. Um, not to mention, of course, at the time, it wasn't as Popular it is right now, but our Oregon district, this is our entertainment district right outside our window here. And the hockey arena would have been right there. Or it would have been an entertainment arena downtown. Years ago, when they built UD Arena, there was a stipulation it says, all right, we're going to build UD Arena. You can use the arena, the city can use the arena, but you can never build an arena downtown. Um, just like when uh, the Kettering, Virginia Kettering, they supply, you know, for the Kettering Tower, you can never build a building taller than the Kettering Tower. Of course, she's dead now. I don't know if that's still in effect. When she died, that's when GM closed, and there's, there's all kinds of politics goes on there. But you can't—they said that—and so I don't know if the city just maybe in their bylaws they can't because originally they were going to build an arena where you uh, where uh, uh, Sinclair is right there off the highway.
0: That'd be a nice spot. A
1: lot of cities have arenas downtown. You know, I mean Toledo. You know, uh, everything just—you know—they built the new hockey arena and, and uh, gangbusters, gangbusters. Why couldn't it work in a city like Dayton? And I always thought that, A, the old Roberts area there in West Carrollton off 75 would be a perfect location. It's very centrally located off the highway. And they've talked, you know, about making an entertainment district and building an entertainment venue. Probably not with ICE. So if it was without ICE, there's it, it's a moot point. But yeah. to build a venue, with a, it just costs so much money. they got to get their money back. But to build a venue like right there, make an entertainment district, easy access on and off perfect place for an arena. And the other place I always thought was right here down in the corner where they just refurbished this building but right across from Dublin Pub where the old Sherwin-Williams is. It's, it's kind of a basically a vacant corner. You put in a nice compact arena there. Again, it's right in your entertainment district. Easy access to the highways in 35 you know, right here. Um, plus, afterwards, everybody comes into the entertainment district or before they tailgate. Um centrally located another perfect spot and i you know i can't tell the city of dayton or all these people what to do but it's just you know i'm like a you know couch quarterback but (laughs) those are those are my suggestions um and to do that i think would make all the difference in the world but it's like it's all the politics it's all the money um somebody's got to step forward and with hockey being basically unsuccessful for many years people are very hesitant to do that but I think it. I think it would work. And if if I became a multi millionaire, um, I would work with the city of Dayton. I don't know how hard they are to work with, or but uh, do something like that. Own a team, maybe co own a team. Um, and I, you know, I was going to invest back then when they were looking for investors. I was going to be a mi- excuse me a minority investor, and I went to the meetings and seriously thought about it just because I enjoyed doing it. Wouldn't yeah. like because then it would have worked been incentive to work harder towards that. Uh, and then in the two cases, and they, you know, they both fell through. And it, it was very disappointing to me. And the wife's like, "You sure want to do that?" I go, "Again, I'm only going through life once. You know, if I lose, like a lot of these owners have, so be it. But at least I had fun trying to do it."
0: What else would you like to see in Dayton, Ohio, in the sports market, or maybe the local radio radio market? What would you like to see added on? <sighs>
1: Well, it's a basketball town. We all know that. Yep. Um, very basketball town. Like I said, it's not my 4T. It's my least favorite of the big four. Uh, I mean, not that I dislike it. Um, we have baseball. I always thought, you know, as well as they do, they could be a, a higher tier. But it's a matter of schematics, like fitting into different leagues, that it just doesn't work out. But it's great that we have I think that's the thing that sometimes frustrates me about like minor league hockey. This is just a stepping stone. All these guys are working to make it at this level. Um, it's not all about the money, um, and but sometimes it's very frustrating because you know suddenly it's like a minor league game, you know, and then their guys getting called up, and you're like, Ugh. and then you can't have a winning season. And it's like man. I- but then again, you look at uh, teams like uh, I was watching highlights this morning of baseball and uh, twins game, twins, Kansas City game. Twins win it. Bottom of the ninth or whatever. Uh, they're 12 games under 500. They're, you know, they're already out of the playoffs. And the crowd went nuts when they won the game at the end. And and then I didn't realize it was a pretty good sized crowd, you know, for a team that's supposedly out of it. Uh, now, the Reds, the weather sucked. There was probably 30 people there. Um, I mean, Minnesota was beautiful, but I was like, you know what? There's a, there's a fan passion there for a team that's even out of it. They know they're out of it, but they're still going to see a great game or a great level of play. And to see it, something like that at the end end in that fashion was like, it was just a simple high, you know, 20-second highlight on ESPN. I'm like, wow, that was pretty impressive. Um, there's the passion for that here. Um, indoor football has just never really worked.
0: It's a shame, because
1: that's a fun sport, too. Yeah. We're just... We're such in the... Sh- well, and again, that would work, I think, you know, with an arena. Um, but somebody's got to take the step forward, you know. somebody, Everybody's afraid to do that, uh, because you're not going to get a professional. And even though this is the birthplace of the NFL, you know, with the first NFL game, with the Dayton Triangles. But um, we're just too close to a city like Cincinnati, uh, who has... Basically two sports as well um, Columbus has eight well, two sports if you want to count soccer well
0: Cincinnati's fact, <laughs> going to be three with FC Cincinnati right up yeah Dallas
1: yeah Inigo, Columbus will probably lose their soccer team I guess i I don't I, know but I hope not uh, but with being that close to Cincinnati we're basically a mm-hmm. suburb, so it's really hard to do that, and I can't see maybe any other type of sport coming in here I mean we got some outdoor soccer game you know teams you know um Really, there's not. I don't think there's anything left. But I think, I think if we wanted to get a sport back here, it would have to be a hockey team. Um, that would be my top pick. Other than that, I can't see anything else working.
0: There's a lot of people that want to be broadcasters, sportscasters, radio DJs, announcers. For those wanting to become that, what advice can you give them? Um, Other than don't, don't do it, <laughs> don't do it. Go somewhere else. Don't do
1: well, it. Well, you know, back in the day to get into radio was pretty cool. You know, it's it's a, it's a different beast now, and not a lot of people are hiring. If anything, over the last decade or so, a lot of these media companies have cut. Even TV have cut. Um, ESPN, cut. Everybody's cut. Um, we have hired a couple people part-time here and there and brought a couple people back. Uh, part-time and they're just glad to be back um there are certain people here that they let go and brought back i don't know maybe half the salary you know because no we're not going to pay you that we'll bring you back because we know you messed up or or whatever um well it, it i guess figure out what your passion is um i think there's always a passion and always a place for people who want to do sports casting um it's big um I think being on the air in radio is pretty much a moot job anymore. You, you can't go through life like, I want to be a radio DJ. Because we're not disc jockeys anymore. We're not jockeying discs. We're punching you know, buttons on a computer, basically.
0: It's all automated.
1: Uh, yeah, you've seen it in here. It's all automated. And uh, I can put a pause log in to talk and then hit the next button and start it back up. And it just takes off on its own and does its own thing. That can be very Unentertaining un- for for Radio but I get to do a lot of things You know that a lot of people haven't got to do Whether you're racing a car or flying In a hot air balloon and I've been very blessed To do all you know those kind of things um, You know it's because t- I didn't know exactly if I was Going to do radio like I say back in College because um, There's so many different avenues to take And you have to very, keep very open About that that You can maybe say you want to do this beyond the air and get into sales. Next thing you know, you're a marketing manager. Next thing you know, you're a market manager where you're going to a market, basically the general manager, and doing it kind of from the business aspect, but you still get all the perks. Trust me, the people higher up in this building get all the perks. (laughs) It's not not like the old days. Now you have to fight to get a Skyline Chili gift card. It used to be you stick them in your pocket. Um, Those were fringe benefits for us. We don't get them anymore.
0: Man, to be an announcer of people fighting over a Skyline gift card.
1: I'll tell you That'd be, you, uh, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah. Well, we're just going to give it away all the air to caller 10 right now. You know. Um, but they used to be they'd give you stuff for the week. You give it away or not give it away. Now everything goes through the system. You know, you got people that are putting it into the system for tax purposes and because that's what it's all about, right? So there is that aspect of this business. I mean, you know, there is TV. Uh, you could be a grip you know, on a movie set or uh, podcasting is actually a cre- incredibly growing facet of the media. It really is.
0: I mean, basically, I started this podcast because I was tired of not being able to get a job right. in radio. So I'm like, you know what? I'll do my own radio podcast show thing.
1: Right? So, yeah. Yeah, about- yeah. More power to you. That's uh, you know, they always encourage us to want to do those around here. Um, You know, blog, get on your blog page, get on my, I'm old school. I don't blog. You have to blog. All right, here's a picture. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm old school. And that, you know, and I love to get out and be with my peeps. You know, it's like I miss those days playing softball and hanging with my buddies, drinking beer, um, riding the bike all the time and doing all that stuff with people and being one of the guys or the girls, you know, whatever. Um, And that's what I always prided myself on doing is being. Being your buddy, and that's what I always try to do on the radio rather than the professional announcer. So, yeah, I'll screw up. I'll say a swear word or something or or make a misrepresentation or or the wrong ID or something like that. Yeah, it happens. Now I just look at it like, nah, that's human. You do it too. Yeah. You know, um, whereas some people, you know, take it seriously and it's like, it's got to be perfect, you know. Just eh, screw it.
0: Don't (laughs) mess up. I'm breathing down your neck. Yeah. And I, you know,
1: I, I'm very fortunate too. 38 years, that nobody, nobody gives me any crap about it anymore. You know, sometimes they'll point it out, and I'm like, "Screw you!" You know, I couldn't get a raise for years, so I quit working full days. Well, why, why, you know, why do that? Say, hey, as long as you get your work done, that's what's important. I said, so if you're working half a day, then I'm getting paid twice as much as I used to. I gave myself a raise. That's the way I look at it.
0: Self raise. I like that. <laughs> Shh. How can people follow you on social media, and how can people listen to you on TUE?
1: Uh, well, on the radio, 104.7. Uh, we do have the WTUE.com. We've got a TUE Facebook page. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, I get on the Tiwi Facebook page. You can, you can email me bman at com. and you know, I'll, you know, if people want to email me about something, I'll respond, you know, might not necessarily be what you want to hear, but, uh, cause you know, you get people that, and I, and I hate to answer the phones anymore because 90% of the time when somebody calls they're wanting something, um, and I get tired of that, but there are so many ways to, you know, get in touch. Or see what's going on. You know, that's why I tell people when I'm doing the uh, premium choice around the country is, you know, bman at iheartradio.com. You can do that, too. So somebody in Raleigh, North Carolina can get in touch with me. Hey, I used to listen to you at TUE. you know, um, anytime they want. Um, and I'll respond, you know. That's basically about it. Or if you see me out and about or, you know, I'm going to be someplace, stop by and say hi. We're always, always looking to shake a hand.
0: John, if you can come out to South Metro Sports during some of the weekends, it'd be nice to see you out there.
1: Yeah, so you're you're doing the stuff out there for them.
0: Yeah, I broadcast okay. a lot of hockey okay. on YouTube for them. Uh, Centerville Elks play out there too. So you know,
1: I'll, I graduated from Centerville. I don't, I don't know why I haven't been to a Centerville Elks game. I should. You need to email me more. I just gave you those emails. Email me. Let me know when you're going to be there.
0: But uh, I'm friends <laughs> with you on Facebook. I'll just yeah. message you that way. Yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, Centerville's the only team in southern Ohio that's won a state championship in ice hockey. No kidding. 79.
1: Oh, I was going to say it's not recently.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, no. it's just
1: after I graduated. Okay. I
0: mean, every, every other state champ is... Like Toledo, Cleveland area, northern Ohio. I see you got
1: <laughs> Elks hockey jersey on. Huh? Look at that or jacket. This,
0: this is the Bauer jersey. Yeah. It's like my Rolls Royce. Of
1: nice. So I, I love this.
0: I love this thing. Their
1: football so. team's struggling just a tad this year. Owen oh 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 three.
0: three alter that yeah. alter beat Centerville first time before 1973, and it's bad when the paper doesn't even know when alter well, last beat Centerville. Too
1: back in the mid 70s, we had more undefeated teams than anybody. I think. Um, in fact, I sat next to, in graduation, sat next to Terry Bach. Nice. And this guy was huge. You know, I'm sitting there graduating. I'm looking up at the guy going, my God dang football players. He's huge. <laughs> but, uh, and, and actually here's a quick note. Went to the 20-year reunion and, uh. Uh, Bob Crawford was quarterback or maybe his backup quarterback for us back then and Katie Deal who was like head cheerleader and they ended up getting married they've been nice. married for, forever since maybe high school I don't know and uh, I go to my 20 year reunion with my buddy Bruce who was basically the only person I knew for the most part um, and we walk up and there's Katie and Bob at the table we're, we're at the uh, the uh, ice rink that's where they had it outside the ice rink there nice Um mentioning the ice cream. yeah South Metro and we're out of there I to come up to table and uh, I'll say yeah it's uh, it's uh, John Bolio and Vicky and Katie goes Vicky? Katie? Vicky? Bob? Vicky! Bob? They knew, they used to pile around together with their ex-husband and Bob Crawford's dad and it's like I looked at Bruce I'm like great my wife knows more people at the reunion than I do <laughs> <laughs> they could get along they're like oh yeah we used to go out and hang out and drink and do-do-do-do-do-do-do and I was like I figures. My wife knows more people than me, but I'm still i still a Centerville. Uh, uh, the other school I went to was Palatine High School, Palatine, Illinois. Nice. And we had a big football rivalry with Friend High School, but, you know.
0: Friend um, High friend, School. Friend, friend friends. Friend. And then I was
1: playing baseball, and I was uh, – I, w- I wasn't bad. I could hit a curveball better than I could hit a fastball. <laughs> so, because um, you know, that's why I I played – You know, mean softball, the TUE master batters. I coached that team for years and and, uh, we used to travel and, and, um, had a lot of fun. I always considered, you know, I played on the Frickers TUE team for years. We'd go to the, you know, the nationals and stuff like that and usually get our butts kicked. It was always a learning experience, but I always thought I was a pretty decent softball player, but because I could, you know, use the upper body and reach for something, like I could hit them curveballs, but I'll tell you what, that's why I played softball. (laughs) Couldn't, couldn't get around on a fastball, but, uh, that's why when I, I, and I came to Centerville, I was going to try playing for Bob Gregg, you know, with Centerville Elks. And boy, he, that was tough. I, I wasn't going to handle it. He was pretty ruthless. <laughs> so I got in a band instead, you know, which – so as they always say, you know, disc jockeys are basically frustrated musicians. So I <laughs> guess I could say I'm a frustrated jock. Softball players are frustrated jocks, you know. I just wanted to be a baseball player. But.
0: It's just sad that, you know, radio stations don't have that anymore, like softball teams just – Well,
1: you got to have a staff. That's the problem, you know. Um, we used to, when we moved over to this building here, I have I don't you know maybe a hundred employees, and we probably have thirty, maybe ma. You know, it's it's uh, I'm just, it's off the top of my head, it might be a little bit more, but it's different, you know. Than when I started thirty eight years ago, and 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 things were always bustling like anything, you know. Um, that's just the way it is. Everything's been streamlined. I mean, Elder Beerman closes and now they're talking about coming back as an online thing. It would be Elder Beerman back, but it's streamlined. And that's just yeah. the way the world is that uh you know, we lived in excess for way too long and, and things have changed. And and I think that's why it might make it harder to get another sports team in a city.
0: Yeah, but, uh, I mean, we we can hope, and we can hope someone's like.
1: I hey, always hope, hope and faith, man.
0: <laughs> I mean, West Carrollton's project. I was really looking forward to that, and yeah. that's just kind of like,
1: yeah, it's going on? <laughs> but uh, it's
0: not like Roberts is actually being used anymore. Good lord! No,
1: they're just giving people plenty of time to get moved out. Yeah, it, things always take a long time. I think it's like when I take a walk and I see a house uh, for sale, and it might sell quick. But it seems like it takes forever for people to get in and out. Or if you're building a house, you know, you see a house go up, but then it seems like it takes forever to actually finish the thing because uh, things just take time sometimes. And um, when, when you're wanting stuff to happen and enjoy life, patience is it's a virtue. And sometimes it's hard <laughs> to be patient. You know, I yep. trust me, I drive home every night from work. Very impatient. I'm the guy in the red truck, (laughs) but uh,
0: so that's who flipped me off the other day. No, I was waving. (laughs) You're number one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot.
0: (laughs) B man, it's it's been a real pleasure having you on. Hey, this is fun,
1: man. It's 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 good to see you too. It's great Uh, to see you too. Anytime, and uh, you know, keep in touch. I mean, people in the sports world or that love sports need to keep in touch. Yeah, um, you know, maybe together we can get something going on, if somebody hears something about something, passes on to somebody, because you never know. It just might blow up one day and something something big happens. And uh, you just got to be ready for it. I, I tell you what, if um, somebody's going to build an arena and put a hockey team in there, I'll be the first person calling them. Say, oh. hey, uh, whatever you need.
0: No, I'll be yeah. the first person. Like, hey, you need a broadcaster?
1: Well, there you Here's go. my resume. Right, so. I can, yeah, I can. Been a good word for you. You do the same, yeah. Yeah, of course. You
0: know
1: <laughs> but, that. But uh, well, you know, the reputation precedes me. I think, and um,
0: you've been. I you've would been,
1: enjoy doing it, and uh, and I and I do enjoy doing it, and I, and I miss it. And um, there's a lot of things you, you end up missing in life, and wish you had them back. So
0: no, I understand. that. Yeah,
1: we'll keep praying. But in the meantime, there's there's plenty of sports. Love sports. Keep following sports, and you keep doing what you do, man.
0: And you keep rocking, B man. Right on. This has been episode 62 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from freepd.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at The Lee W. Mallon, spelled T-H-E-L-E-E-W-M-O-W-E-N, and the podcast on Twitter at Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports podcast, please visit TheLeeWMowen.com slash podcast. Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit theleadwmallon.com and click contact me and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast.